We get so caught up in what we do, what we're going to do, our accomplishments, our positions, that we forget that it's all about God. Now, it's important to serve God and, you know, to like, like we're here at Bible school. We're getting trained to go into ministry. That's important, but we need to remember it's all about God. Someone in the Bible who did an excellent job of remembering this was John the Baptist. So let's open our Bibles to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. In this portion of the Bible, John the Baptist had been doing his whole ministry and he had baptized Jesus and Jesus was beginning his public ministry. He had already gathered all of his disciples and he was really starting to make a name for himself. He was starting to be recognized by everybody. Jesus was. So John chapter 3, starting in verse 22. After these things, Jesus and his disciples came into the land of Judea, and there he was spending time with them and baptizing. John also was baptizing in Anon near Salem, because there was much water there, and people were coming and being baptized. So Jesus and John the Baptist are baptizing in the same area. They're ministering in the same area. What happens? And when it says that John had not yet been thrown into a prison, just as an aside. Therefore, there arose a discussion on the part of John's disciples with a Jew about purification. Some arguments were starting, and, and John's disciples, they came to John, and they said this. Rabbi, he who is with you beyond the Jordan, to whom you have testified, talking about Jesus, behold, he is baptizing, and all are coming to him. Now, John's disciples you know, they were being good disciples. They're like, whoa, this guy over here, he's messing up your ministry. We got to go and break his kneecaps so that you can minister and he can get out of the way. What does John say, though? John answered and said, a man can receive nothing unless it has been given him from heaven. You yourselves are my witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent ahead of him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bridegroom, who stands and hears him, rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. So this joy of mine has been made full. He must increase, but I must decrease. John was used powerfully by God for a season. John wasn't stepping away from his ministry and just abandoning everything because Jesus was taking place. Instead, he was walking in humility. He was remembering who it was about, and he was saying, all right, it's all about Jesus. It's not about me. If you're going to remember one thing from the message today, one thing, this is what I want you to remember. It's not about us. None of it is about us. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about God. It can be hard to remember that, very hard to remember that. I remember when I first started to play basketball in high school. I'm tall, right? I can do this. Not everybody can do that. I'm athletic. And so, you know, my senior year of high school, I started basketball. I'm like, this is going to be great. I'm going to have a lot of fun, and I'm going to make a position for myself on the team. I'm really going to, you know, solidify myself on this team for the one year that I have before I graduate. I have a problem, though. Uh, I can't dribble very well. Uh, some people, you know, like they're, they're shorter, they're like right around here, and they're super fast with their hands and they can dribble. Like when they dribble, it sounds like the double bass drum on like, you know, a heavy metal band, just like, it's insane. Uh, for me, 
it kind of is more like that. By the time I've actually dribbled the ball, the shorter guys have grabbed it, ran around, put it in the basket, and brought it back to my hands. So that puts me at a disadvantage. I really wanted to make a place for myself on this team, though. I was the type of guy where, where if I got the ball, because I would be under the basket, I was the tall guy underneath, and the coach would say, all right, you get the ball, you pass it to the short guys. I wanted to be more than that, though. I wanted to be the fast guy. I wanted to be the guy who could shoot really well and dribble really well. So there was this one time, I remember, it was a home game. So we had all the crowd up in the stands and everything. There was everybody and their grandmas were watching this game. And I was really excited. There was a lot of energy. It was awesome. And I remember one of the guys, he went up, he shot at the ball. It bounced off the rim and came right to me. And I ran. I grabbed the ball right before it went out of bounds. And I looked. And there was the basket across the court. And there was nobody in my way. So I took that ball, I dribbled it, I went down through the legs, I got to the three-point line, I jumped at the three-point line, threw my leg around my back, reverse dunk. It was awesome. That's not even close to what happened, though, which is... (laughs) I, uh... In the actual game, I took the ball. I took one step to, oh. Yeah, you can just keep that. I learned from that. I learned, and that was really kind of the last time that I really tried to do something that I wasn't supposed to be doing. And that's a good thing. In our ministries, we need to remember that we are in a very specific place. What does it say in one of the verses? You open it back up. I open it back up. John answered, a man can receive nothing unless it has been given him from heaven. Our gifts, our abilities, it doesn't come from us. It all comes from God. So we can't try to use them outside of what God has given us. The God, uh, Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Sometimes he's going to call us to be active in ministry, and sometimes he's going to tell us to just clean toilets. We have to be willing to serve him in every single capacity. The next verse, it says, He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. So this joy of mine has been made full. John knew that it was all about Jesus. It's not all about us. One of my favorite insults, and if you guys have hung out with me enough, you know this, my favorite insult goes something like this. You are so arrogant that you think the whole world revolves around you. And you're so fat that it probably does. (laughs) Thank you, Zach. We are so small. Can I actually have that basketball back? You all know physics. You all know how gravity works. Imagine this is the sun. Imagine this is the earth. Does the sun go around the earth? A really small number of people answered that question. Does the sun go around the earth? Does the moon go around the earth? The moon is smaller than the earth. 
And golly, we are a lot smaller than God. It all revolves around him. It doesn't revolve around us. Go back to my basketball season and fast forward to the end. I had really learned, I had gotten better at, you know, doing my job. I would stand under the basket, I would get the rebounds, I would pass it out to the other guys, and then I would run to the other side, get under the basket, and it was good. I was kind of, you know, giving a reputation on the team and doing well, and the coach was, coach was proud of me. The other players, you know, they were like, hey, good job, man. So we got to the end of the season. We got to the championship game. I was so excited. This was my first championship game. Yeah. <laughs> So we were in the locker room before the game. We were getting ourselves hyped up. We were getting excited. Um, you know, my one buddy, he was sort of like the cheerleader of the team. Like he was hyping us up and we were all ready to go. And so we ran out onto the court and let me tell you, the stadium was packed. Um, the, what I mean is um, the Christian school basketball court that was kind of small was packed. <laughs> really, really exciting. There was energy it was, who here has seen the, the, um, the movie Hoosiers? Yes, where everybody's just screaming because they're so excited for the team. That's exactly what it was like there. We thought there was going to be a riot. It was awesome. So anyway, we're getting ready for the game. We're getting ready, and coach is like, okay, these are going to be the starters. George, the tall guy, around like six foot seven, he was going to be the big man underneath the basket. And I'm like, okay, okay, great. And then he had all the little guys that were going to, you know, be on the outside passing and shooting. So I was like, hey, this is awesome. As soon as George is tired, coach is going to put me in, and I'm going to be able to play. I just wanted to play. So we were getting ready for the game. The starters went out, and I sat on the bench. I sat there. I was like, okay, this is going to be awesome. As soon as George is tired, I'm going to get out there, and I'm going to play. So George got tired. Coach was like, all right, George, come on in. Nick, you go on out. That wasn't my nickname. That was, that was a different guy. Nick. He had more experience, he had played all of high school, and he was a great basketball player. So he went out, and I was like, okay, once Nick is tired, I'll go out. First quarter ended. Nick got tired. Coach was like, okay, George, you ready to go out again? He sent George out again. I was like, awesome, okay, great. As soon as George is tired again, coach is gonna send me out. Second quarter ended. Third quarter ended got to the point where there were 30 seconds left on the clock for the whole game. We were up by maybe five points, and, and I just really wanted to play. Really wanted to play. Coach kept George out there. Clock ran down, and we won the game. I didn't get to play, but we won. What were we trying to do? We were trying to win. Sometimes in our ministries, God's going to tell you to sit on the bench. During um, Foundations Weekend, because I was thinking about the message and preparing and everything like that, it's interesting. A lot of times, God teaches you the lessons that you're going to teach other people. Well, thank you. During Foundations Weekend, it was the, um, I think, the second service where we were talked about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and I was really excited about this. I was like, okay, Lord, I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. I want to be able to minister to people. I want to be able to pray over people and, and, you know, really minister during this time. 
so we got to the end of the service, and, you know, everybody was standing up here. You guys were, you were there. And people were being slain in the spirit, baptized in the spirit, praying in tongues. It was a wonderful time. And I was like, okay, God, God, what, am I, what do you want me to do? What can I do to help? How can, I, how can I serve right now? And God said, I want you to sit down. I was like, okay. So I sat down, and I'm like, all right, so I'm sitting down. You want me to, like, you know, put my hands out and pray for people? God was like, nope. I was like, God, what do you want me to do? Nothing. So that's what I did. I sat there for the ministry time. I didn't do anything. And then at the end, where Dr. Antonelli was like, okay, people can go eat lunch if you want. We're going to keep the ministry time going, though, for whoever wants to stay. I was like, God, you want me to stay? You want me to, you want me to start praying for people now? I get that it's not about me. You want me to start serving? God was like, no, go to lunch. So I did. Because it's not about me. Sometimes we can feel that we're not making it about ourselves and still be making it about ourselves, you know what I mean? Where we'll be like, oh God, I just want to pray for people. I just want to minister to people so that you'll use me mightily. Sometimes God's going to use other people mightily. The ministry of John was fading away. It said in the text that he hadn't yet gone to jail which means he went to jail eventually. He was killed eventually. Are you willing to be used by God even if he's not going to use you? Even if he just wants you to sit on the bench for a bit? In the early 1900s, there was a young man named William Borden. He came from a very, very wealthy family, like really wealthy. And so when he was 16 years old, for a graduation gift, his family sent him on a trip around the world. Not a missions trip, just a trip. They were like, you're going to tour Europe, you're going to tour the Middle East, you're going to tour Asia. It's going to be amazing for you. We got the money, you're going. And as he went through Asia, the Middle East, Europe, his heart began to break for the people that he saw. A fire lit in his soul where he was like, God, I want to reach these people for you. So when he came back from that trip, he came to his parents. He's like, guys, I'm, my parents, I'm, I'm so excited about this. I want to reach these people for the Lord. And his parents were like, you're going to waste everything? We have all this money for you to inherit once we pass away. Like, you're just going to leave it all to be a missionary? And he was like, yes, Absolutely. I want to go and I want to be used by God. So what he did is he got an education, just like we're doing. He went to, what was it, Yale. He got his bachelor's at Yale, studied, became educated in the Bible. Then he went to Princeton Theological Seminary, got his graduate degree there, and he was ready to go. He equipped himself, just like we're equipping ourselves. And then he boarded a boat for China. On the way to China... He decided to stop at Egypt because he was like, he wanted to minister to Muslims. So he said, okay, I'm going to stop at Egypt. I'm going to learn Arabic so I can, you know, really minister to the Muslims. While he was there, he, gets, he um, got spinal meningitis, and he passed away a month later. He was 26. He never made it to China. 
He never did what God called him to. Did he waste his life? When people heard how he had sacrificed everything, it inspired thousands of people to become missionaries, to serve God, and the impact from his death was perhaps larger than the impact would have been from his life. But he didn't feel called to die. I don't think he, uh, when he was sick, I don't think he was lying in bed saying, oh, hallelujah, God, this is what you called me for. You called me to break me. But once he was broken, that's when his impact spread. Sometimes God is going to use us in ways that we don't like. Sometimes he's going to use us in ways that make us feel like we're not being used at all. It's not about us. He must increase. We must decrease. Let's close our eyes. Sometimes hearing something like this can make us feel insignificant. In a way that's true, we're nothing compared to God. But remember, you are still loved, infinitely loved. God's love is so big that even if he's telling us that it's not about us, it's for a good reason. He loves us enough to make sure that we know who it's all about because it's all about him. The sun doesn't travel around the earth. The earth travels around the sun. And we travel around the sun because he's so much bigger than us, so much greater than us. If you feel like recently you've been making it all about you, which is so easy to do, it's so easy to do, because like I said, you know, we can feel like, God, please just use me. We can feel like, we're being used by God, but we can still do it in a selfish way. If you feel like that's something that you're struggling with right now, I just ask you to raise one of your hands. You know, honestly, I'm raising my hand too. When I was preparing this sermon, one of the things God was telling me is that it doesn't matter how well I speak, how well I preach, all that matters is that the truth is communicated because it's not about me. So have your hand raised if you feel like this is something you're struggling with. And what we're going to do right now is we're just going to pray. Pray that God helps us to remember what the focus is. To remember we just need to be intentional. We have to remind ourselves every day, it's not about us. It's not about us. And we have to pray that God helps us to remember that with his Holy Spirit. So let's pray right now. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving us. And thank you for using us. God, it's not about us. It's all about you. And if you want to use us by just having us sit on the bench, that's good. And if you want to use us by having us go and die from a disease somewhere, even though we don't think that's what you're telling us to do, and God, it's hard to say, but it's good. 
You are our Lord, and we love you. Thank you so much, Jesus. In your name.